Welcome to Across RL Podcast, Methodist lay people dishing hot takes on current events, church stuff, and cultural issues. Our episode today discusses the controversial stance of Christian womanhood in the life of Supreme Court nominee Amy, Amy Coney Barrett, easy for me to say. A Catholic archbishop burns an altar in Louisiana, and young voices in Methodism speak about the future. Warning, we're not the men in black from the pulpit, but from the pews across the rail. Our episode today is entitled Proverbs 31 Woman, Burning Altars, and Young Voices in Methodism. Well, unless you've been under a rock, Amy Coney Barrett has been front and center in the news feed. But it's not her gender that is the issue, or her education, or her jurisprudence. It's how she lives out her faith. Also, a Catholic archbishop in Louisiana burns an altar after a newly ordained priest has... <clears throat> sex on it with dominatrices. Oh my. I would have never thought I would have said dominatrices on a podcast, but can there you, you go. Can you say it twice? No. Okay. And young voices in Methodism, what thoughts and hopes do they have for the new thing? But first, who's here? Ryan. Nikki. Hannah. Corey. And John. And Greg. So Politico had a column recently about Amy Coney Barrett, and one of the poll quotes that caught my eye was uh, ACB's Notre Dame colleague, Carter Sneed. And I quote, To be sure, few mothers of seven could become federal judges, never mind Supreme Court justices. Barrett, generationally brilliant, according to her Notre Dame colleague Sneed, mm -hmm. is likely alone in this set. It all seems so unlikely. She has risen to the pinnacle of her profession while at once being, quote, radically hospitable, unquote, to children. An enigma to many, she doesn't easily fit into any ideological box. Now, I've always thought the long-term goal of feminism has been for women to have it all. And I'm going to tell you, this chick looks like she's got it all. So, what be. is the burr under everybody's saddle? Well, unfortunately, it is a red-blue issue on there. That's what's causing all the uh, uh, complaints on there. This isn't a, a similar situation uh, from the previously uh, uh, justice, justice hearing. Um, oh, Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh, Brent Kavanaugh on there. Uh, you know, I think I do think that the Democrats have learned their lesson after the beating that they uh, gave to him. Uh, but, you know, she's she's brilliant, this woman. Well, um, Carter Sneed is not a right winger well, by any stretch of the imagination. Well, the Bar Association, the one that did the uh, the review that uh, was was uh, reported to the Judicial Committee, had nothing but wonderful things to say about it, uh, about her. On there. there wasn't one negative comment. There wasn't one negative letter. There was not a student that didn't like her. You know, she had it all. So she had plenty of walking around money to she pay her. She had it all. Just kidding. <laughs> but seven well, kids, that's a lot of kids. And when does she have time to be a judge? Well, I, again, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch it to Ryan. So, so if, if it's not her jurisprudence, if it's not her education, if it's not her experience, what's the beef? It ain't got nothing to do with her. Please unpack. It has nothing to do with her at all. Uh, it, listen. I would agree with that. This has to do with the person who nominated her. That's the reason and why when. it's beef. And when. You're right. Yeah. 
that is the only reason why there's any kind of problem. But you, she's wonderful. I mean, I've watched some of it. She is, I mean, she is sharp. She's sharp as a tack. You know what's the funny part about it is, is the, the person that she's replacing, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, would absolutely support the decision to fill that, uh, that no hole questions asked. on there. No questions on asked, there. she would. So, Nikki, what do you think? Well, I agree with John and Ryan as far as um, it is political. And, and I agree also that it is because of who appointed her. Sadly, though, I think it goes right back to what John said, the red and blue. Because if you've looked over the years, and I've been watching this since... I guess Reagan, since Reagan was in office, but uh, more closely since uh, George H.W. And it seemed like every time that a Republican president made a nomination, it was hellfire and brimstone towards that candidate. Um, versus if a Democrat president nominates someone like Obama's uh, uh, second term when they uh, uh, did that nomination no. seven months before. Are you talking about no. Merrick Garland? No, yeah. I'm not talking about Garland. Merrick Garland. Now, that's a different issue. But, meaning, before we get to that, just in general, it seems like the Republicans, and, and I know it's going to sound political and, I, and biased, but you can look at the facts. And it seems that the Republicans will sit and look. They know going in that whoever the nominee was from the Democratic president is not going to be aligned with their their stance on most issues. Mm -hmm. So they're not looking to say, how are you going to rule on this, my pet project here? How are you going to rule on this, my pet project over there? They look to see, are you qualified? Do you have a, a, a background? Are you qualified to be, to sit on the highest court of the land? And versus when a Republican nominates, it's not, are you qualified to sit on this court? It is, well, you're going to change things. You're going well, to overturn Roe versus that's Wade. The, that's their whole and purpose. And that's not right even that, on, That's the whole the purpose courts. why they don't, they, they're afraid they're, they're going to lose their uh, Obamacare. They're afraid that they're going to uh, lose uh, Roe versus Way. Are they? Because that's a stupid argument. It is if a that's stupid the case. argument. Because in order for the Supreme Court to hear any case, it has to come up through the court system. There is no current. Um, there is no current challenge, um, challenge yeah. right, to right. that in a court. But there in is. This but, land. but there is on the Obi uh, Obamacare. On on parts of the Obamacare, know, right? Know. But here's the thing: if that's going to be fixed. Fix it in the legislature. Stop asking your judges to be the legislative branch. They're, they're getting ready. If if the Dems win, they're getting ready to change all that by packing the courthouse, and then you've got a you've got another another branch of government uh, that uh, it avoids what whatever they were originally slated for. What's this have to do with Methodism? <sighs> That wasn't it's, my question. Yeah, it wasn't my, my question. question. Well, my my point, my I guess let let me interject something here. Uh, the reason I called her a Proverbs 31 woman yes. is because if you read in Proverbs 31, and, and we're going to finish the, the end of the chapter, it tells all the things this lady can do, and it's incredible. And a lot of women, you know, they, they, it, it's like, throwing, it's like you know, throwing water on a witch or kryptonite to Superman or whatever. I mean, because women have a hard time with Proverbs 31 because 
it, we all, I mean, everybody looks inadequate when compared to this, mm -hmm. whether you're a woman or man, but I'm going to read it here. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teachings of kindness is on her tongue. I mean, Amy Coney Barrett is smart and she's kind. At least she is in front of this committee. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Absolutely. She's got seven kids. I guarantee you she's anything but idle. And Two oh, by the way, she's she an did not judge. Do what? Two of which she did not Two birth. Two of which right, she from, did not birth. So not from, knowing. Left from Hades on there. Let yeah. me continue. Right. Her, children, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently. So there's the there's the out, women. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of you do a lot of good things, but this Proverbs 31 woman surpasses them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's the problem. That's the core issue. Now I agree it's 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 it politics weaves its way into this, but but what we have got is a woman of faith who is you know she go go back 30 years and she would be lauded as the ultimate feminist. She has done it all. Right. She's got family, she's got career, she's got education, she's got her stuff together. But because now anything that is wholesome and good and right and and Christian is an anathema well, well, hold on to together. a lot of people. Okay, who who you say a lot of people, okay? Let's, let's, Listen to the testimony of the committee. Let's let's <laughs> let let's call the uh, kettle what it is on there. It it ain't it ain't the religious people that are that are con condoning her. It isn't the right that's condoning her. It's it's all the left. You mean condemning? No, no, condemning. No, 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 no. Condoning means to. Uh, uh, you're right. Listen, yeah. uh, you know what? You can you. I don't care whether they're Democrat or Republican. You give this lady long enough, she's gonna get corrupted by Washington in some way, shape, form. Or you fashion. think so? Absolutely. I, I, There's not a one of them that's came out and been smelling like a rose well, afterwards. The only the only difference is though she has a lifetime appointment, therefore she doesn't have to please any any. She doesn't have to run for election. She doesn't anyway. have to. No. Right now, if she wants to be invited to all of the DC parties, you're exactly right. Yep. Luckily, she has seven kids. That should keep her pretty busy at home. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I'd love to come to your party. Can I, wanna, can I, can I bring my kids? one thing or, or, that take, take politics out of it, and that is, have you ever worked for a woman? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's not fun, is it? In most cases. Some of the uh, best bosses I had have been women. Well, then you are very fortunate. Uh, uh, women are mean. Women are. are conniving. They're, they're, they're manipulative. And I, gear, I would be willing to bet that probably the most people that try to tear... This Amy Coney Barrett down oh, have been women because women, even though we sit and say, Culture. "Oh, we want women to have it all. We want women to raise families and to have careers and do yeah. all this." And then when you have one that does it, she's a threat. She's a threat, that's and right. they want to tear her down. Yeah, that's, that's my. That's you, that's you, you know, you, you know, the part that bothered me the most was you. you know when they questioned her being a Catholic on there. Uh, and if you guys can remember, no, a, 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 it's even worse. She's a real Catholic, right? She's a practicing Catholic. But you know, if you can remember uh, a little uh, while while ago when uh, Pelosi when uh, Pelosi was uh, sitting there uh, talking about uh, praying for the president, and she she claimed to be a good Catholic girl on there, and then uh, made a comment later on that Joe Joe Biden, if elected, he's going to be the 
only second Catholic ever to be elected to the president. You, you know, so so you know they're pushing that candidate button on their side, but when it comes to uh, comes to a a conservative judge nominee on it, it's a problem. Let, let me let me go down a rabbit hole here. I think we just came out of one. Well, that, that's fine. I'm I'm going to go down another one because okay. where this is interesting to me. Why is there? Why it it, it seems in in the last probably two decades, there is a revulsion against raising children. It, it seems like that is becoming less and less in vogue. And God's word is replete with verses saying that, uh, you know, children are a godly heritage. You know that, why that is, Greg? I can answer this question. Okay. They think the family unit, the one that Who we... They? People opposing uh, the people that are opposing this right now okay. on there, their idea uh, 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 of a of a family woman or a homemaker, you know, just by a hand, uh, just a slight hand in her, who had a mother that stayed home and raised kids. Okay, that's a rarity right there on there. In in my neighborhood, in in when I lived in Texas on there, my mother was the only stay at home mother. Okay, and I think a lot of society thinks the stay-at-home mom. Well, that's not a real job. That's not real work. It's a lot easier to go to work. Trust yeah, me. Trust me, it is then, on there. One thing that I have I read recently is a person did a study on countries that uh, on their birth rates, mm -hmm. and he said it's almost it's 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 a it's a one-to-one -one relationship uh, from the amount of secularity. A, a culture is to the amount of to the to the amount of children they have. In other words, the more secular a nation is, the less children that nation has. The birth rate is low. Because they're, they're they're taught well, morals, healthy, they're taught values, they're taught. And, and, and ergo, a more religious society has more children. Go a ahead. healthy family unit where the mother stays home and raises the children is first looked upon by society. Women look at those women as sellouts. They could be out, you know. What do we tell? And and I, you know, when when President Trump talks about, you know, we've got more African Americans in the workforce in history, more Hispanics and uh, Latinos in the workforce in history, more women in the workforce in history. I don't find that as a good thing. I don't find that as a positive because that means there's less women home raising their children. But that is exactly what the government wants because when mothers are out are out of the home, they need government. And it's all about government control. And they're making taxes off their income. Let me ask a question to our uh, to to the to the youth here across the table, uh, Hannah and Corey. Among your friends, and you're in the in the early to mid twenty somethings range. Among your friends are is family and and children looked on as a net positive, a a wash or a net negative. Um, mainly with my age and a little bit older, I've noticed that a lot of people, their main reason that they don't want to have children now, there's a lot that don't, and they say because they don't want to bring them into the world that we have. Hmm. And I don't see why that they would think that, because in on my side of it, I think that it's a good thing, but there's a lot of people that say the society that we have, they don't want to bring kids into it, because they don't want a life to be corrupt as our I guess they've never read Judges. No. The book of Judges. They really haven't. <laughs> that was but, some pretty crappy times there. <laughs> yeah. 
or World War II, or, or the 20th century, right. which is the bloodiest, most violent century known to man. I I, uh, I understand what she's saying, though. No, I mean, I, you know, I, you, you sit there and think, wow, you know, the crime is so bad, uh, you know, it. it or you could have been in Europe in the 12th century, where you know, roving kings and bands would come raid your place and cut, well, you know, kill your husband and father and children and take everything you have. Well, we got that Just now. because they're... Yeah, they we got that now. Yeah, they don't yeah. call them kings on there anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. You know. But we don't have, we don't have that like right. Europe did. Okay. Right. Right. So, I, I'm just curious why, what is the, when you say it's a bad time, specifically why do they think, do, do young ladies and gentlemen think that's a bad time necessarily now? Um, I think that they say that because they see how our society, they don't like the fact that some kids don't get the same opportunity as others based on their societal state, like Interesting. classes. Um, I've had a few people that have grown up um, in a more impoverished area and they don't see the reason to bring kids into this world if they're going to be as impoverished as they were as a kid. You know, and, God convicted me. There was a time that I didn't want any grandchildren because I didn't want any my, my kids to bring any children into this world for the same reason. Well, not because of the poverty, but because of the 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 way that society is today. You know, the, the God is pushed out, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And God convicted me of that because he said, first of all, every child is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And if I bring that child in here... It is a blessing, and I love that child and don't think that I won't watch out for that child. Mm -hmm. Secondly, another thing, it was when uh, when he talk, when he talk, when they talk in Revelation, when you read in Revelation, um, well, it's not Revelation, help me out. It's when he's talking about these two things must take place. The falling away first. Right. And then um, the son of perdition is to be revealed. Right, the Antichrist is to be revealed, right. And um, That's in Timothy, by the way. That's in Timothy. And nope, said, Thessalonians. Keep going. Okay, so anyway. We're on the fly here, folks. Yeah, we're on the fly here. <laughs> but it talks about, you know, when those days approach, it will be as the days of Noah. People will be marrying, having children. You know, basically that was God saying, I did not tell y'all to stop bringing forth my blessings. What about these, uh, these, these, these working, working mothers that late in life decide that they, they, they want to, they want to have kids and then they, you know, they, they go the, the, uh, fertility route and, and have quads and, you know, four and five sets of twins on their late in life on there. When uh, is that is that uh, healthy for the child to to have a seventy year old father uh, when they turn eighteen? No, I don't think so. My I was a child of my parents' old age. Yeah. My dad was thirty five when I was born, and um, that was mine. You know, I, my dad tried to play, you know, throw the ball and stuff, and he was still in fairly good health to do that. But you know, all the other dads were in their 20s, you know, or late 20s or early 30s when I was like 10 or 11 and my dad was 10 or 15 years older than everybody else's. So I, I don't think that is. Getting back to what Nikki said, is uh, it is in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, if you want to look that up, uh, uh, what Nikki was referring to. 
Um, any other thoughts on this before we uh, before we switch gears? Here? I just think uh, she's going to do a great job, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to to having her on the Supreme Court. I just hope they don't pack the court. Anybody else? I hope uh, I, I'm grateful that we'll have a constitutionalist uh, Amen. on the court. Amen. I don't want my court to legislate. That's why we have a legislature. I guess all that I, I care for in, in this is that that um, you know it's 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 so partisan. It's it's hyper partisan right now. I heard a guy said that it's like before the Civil War. Well, not really. Being a student of the Civil War, they were burning people's houses and shooting people. Um, and and while we have seen a couple of people shot, we're talking multiple people, hundreds of people shot. Well, John Brown hacked people to death on Pottawatomie Creek in Kansas. So, yeah, it's not to that point yet. Um, I disagree a little bit. You know, yeah, houses uh, may not be burning, but we've got businesses being... people to death? 20 or 30 of them? Uh, the, the, no. the, there's, there's enough people dying because of this. Because they were uh, slaveholders. On there. John Brown attacked them. You know? Yep. Well, the cops are being shot because they're police officers. <laughs> that that right? is true. That so. is true. You know, things can turn in an instant. Absolutely. And when things go bad, specifically when it involves aircraft structures, oh, it no. can go bad very quickly. Like down, like, down quickly. Like, yeah, kind of. I mean, uh, typically there's mutual uh, support in uh, uh, aircraft fasteners, but once they start, uh, you know, stress fracturing and stuff like that, then then it then it, it needs to be addressed. And that's why there's a company called Innovative Tooling Services. Innovative Tooling Services, they have fastener installation tooling solutions. They have precision drilling and countersinking equipment. They have the right stuff if you have to have any of your aircraft structures, whether it's a Fixed wing, whether it's rotorcraft or, as we call it, a one-way airplane, a missile, uh, needing uh, <laughs> okay, needing any uh, any structural work done, call those fine folks there at 1-800-832-7009 or look them up on the World Wide Web at InnovativeTooling.com. And we'll be back. And we're back. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to give y'all, our listening audience, a heads up on is we're going to discuss an issue that is interesting, and uh, we can uh, we can look at it as a uh, uh, as a morality play and 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 all this stuff. But I do need to warn you that we are going to discuss mature issues of a sexual nature. So if you have children under age, or this is not for you, and you want to uh, listen to this at a later time or preview it, uh, please do so. And three, two, one, now we're going to talk about it. Okay. Archbishop Gregory Amond of the Archdiocese of New Orleans had the altar of Saints Peter and Paul Church in Pearl River, Pearl River, Louisiana, burned after a priest and two women were caught making a pornographic film on the altar. 
The Catholic News Agency is reporting that Father Travis Clark, 37, the former pastor of the parish, was arrested on September 30th on obscenity charges after he was caught filming himself and two women in a sexual act on the actual altar. Father Clark was caught when a local resident noticed the lights on in the parish church and went to investigate. The resident looked through the window. Did he see the spout where the glory comes out? I don't know about that. I think the first Man. thing I think the first thing they were thinking about this is the strangest exorcism I've ever seen. Wow, but um but um but um okay. <laughs> How long did you work on that one, Juan? Okay. <laughs> the resident looked through the window and saw that the altar had been outfitted with stage lighting while Father Clark and the two women engaged in sexual acts on the altar. One of the women involved, blank, I'm not going to glorify her, is a pornographic performer and a dominatrix. According to NewOrleans.com, on the day before arrest, blank, posted on her social media that she was headed to New Orleans to defile a house of God alongside another dominatrix, presumably, presumably, blank, the other woman who participated in the act. Police reportedly removed sex toys, stage lights, and two recording devices at the time of the arrest. Because the sexual encounters believed to have been consensual, charges of sexual assault have not been filed. Instead, the trio are facing obscenity charges because the sex act was visible from the church window. Now, the details of what went on in the church were not revealed until the court records were made public on Friday. The archdiocese immediately released a video statement from the archbishop in which he announced that Clark had been removed from the ministry. Father Clark's, uh, Clark's obscene behavior was deplorable, the bishop said. Quote, Archbishop, his decoration, thank you, his desecration of the altar in church was demonic. I'm infuriated by his actions. When the details became clear, we had the altar removed and burned. I will consecrate a new altar tomorrow, Amon said in the October 9th statement. His behavior was obscene. Amon said on the pulpit on Saturday, there is no excuse for what took place here. It is sinful and it is totally unacceptable. Travis had been unfaithful to his vocation. He's violated his commitment to celibacy, and also he was using that which was holy to do demonic things. Archbishop Amon burned the old altar and presented the parish with a new altar at the vigil mass on Saturday. Wow. Wow. Now, this sounds like a story. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Judges because it is raw. It is WWE raw. I mean, it is, it is wild and crazy. And this sounds like right out of the book of Judges. Mm. So let me, ask, let me ask our illustrative and illustrious <laughs> panel. Did the archbishop go too far by torching the altar? No. Absolutely not. No. Uh, last time I checked, 409 was not uh, not uh, blessed by uh, a bishop uh, to clean the stains off that thing. You know, that was absolutely appalling when I read that article. You know, uh, just absolutely appalling on there. And I had to question his his uh, call to serve, uh, you know, when... The, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, it was just. Nuts. Well, I'll tell you what, Nikki, you you uh, you spoke up, so why don't you uh, elucidate, please? The altar, in and of itself, is not probably nothing more than a piece of wood, which can be cleaned. Got it. But that particular piece of wood had been set aside for God's right. work. It right. was set aside and was holy, and it had been defiled, and just like I believe. 
God does to us spiritually by cleansing us with the fire. I believe it was necessary and I believe it was absolutely appropriate for him to cleanse that and burn it in the fire. You know, it's interesting because the book of Judges, when it talks about uh, uh, Gideon, uh, when God called him, when he was hiding in the uh, hiding in the the wine press, uh, he asked him uh, to go out and cut down his father's uh, uh, gods. And what did he do? He cut them down and he burned them. And uh, that's a very Old Testament. Uh, you know, God is the same. But uh, Ryan, I see you're uh, you're ready to uh, chime in here. I was just thinking. You know, I'm glad the guy wasn't. Methodist, because they'd have probably moved him to a different church and gave him a parade or something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that being said, participation you know, trophy. I, you know, I look at, I look at, I look at it both ways. Would that this. be before the split or after the split? Oh, uh, that would be the reason for the split, John. Please, uh, Ryan. So we, um, you know, I see it both ways because yes, okay, it had been blessed. Right. Thus, it becomes sanctified. It's become, you know, something more than just an altar at that point. However, I also look at it from this point. What is the church? Is the church building in and of itself? I understand that. Uh, you know what I mean? I, like I totally that, understand. We are the church, and wherever we're at, we're, we're, we're the church. However. I get that. But this this altar... This altar, it, 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 it was made, it was blessed for the sole purpose of, and, of God. And they 100% followed and, what Catholics do and, when something and, and, and what makes me, is what, defiled no longer what, used. What makes me think that this was a complete setup, uh, this chick, and I don't remember her name, we'll just call her Cinnamon here. Uh, you know, where she goes in and, you know, she goes, I'm going to go and do this yeah. to defile the church, you know, and then Clark and Cinnamon and whoever... Uh, go and, and do that. Yeah, that was a planned deal right there. That's all devil in no, it right it there. It, John, that, I wish I it's had not sound that, effects <laughs> right now, but I don't. No, this so wasn't something Please that go. just happened at spur of the moment. Uh, no, this was planned. Yeah, and it's absolutely that was, the evil one that, uh, that said What gave it away? Up. The lights? The recording yeah, equipment? No, I mean, it, come uh, on. Probably the the value-packed sex the, toys they brought with them. Uh the archbishop did the right thing. Absolutely. He did the only thing Absolutely. that he could have done in this situation, which was remove him, burn the altar. I mean, it happened yeah. on a Friday, and he was fired and gone and defrocked in 24 hours. You know, which really, uh, for the Catholics, that's pretty record-breaking time because they're pretty slow. Yeah, well, well, uh, they, 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 have, uh, they have been... Uh, they have been socially stigmatized for their lack of oversight. Well, yeah, with yeah. younger people, and yeah. I think everybody's got the memo. Any any more of this stuff, we're coming down like so, a ton of bricks. So, so you know, Ryan made a good point on there. What, what do you think would happen uh, in a Methodist church if if you know? Because you know, we've all been in churches where uh, scandal has been a part of the church. Okay. Okay. You know. Uh, Somebody sleeping with somebody and it causes disruption to split on there. What what do you think would have happened in in uh, you know? And, and I'm going to ask our younger audience, our PG thirteen people. Hang on a second. Let me tell you this real quick. Currently, probably not much, but when we do have the vote, when we do have the split, 
we need to go back to this and you reclaim even, those holy things. You you even think even right. with the even with the split though, you think that that type of action would be acceptable? Uh, I do because really, I, what, the burning I, of altar of the altar. No, I'm talking about the act itself that caused the altar to be burned on there. Well, you're always going to have okay. Just because a new denomination starts and there's a splitting of the ways, humans are humans. And and at some point, even in the conservative, even whatever the, 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 the right or the conservative branch that breaks off, you're still going to have people that are going to be tempted right. and do stupid things and disappoint. So you always have to have... Uh, you have to have ways of dealing with disobedience, with uh, uh, not being true to your calling and your and your commitment as a pastor mm-hmm. or a commitment as a layperson, uh, and and so you have to have these safeguards. And I think because because the church has not policed itself, because the church is rife with disobedience and betrayal in 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 their oaths to do what we all you know when when pastors. Become a, a, a become ordained. They take an oath to uphold the good order and discipline of the Methodist Church, and to, and to uh, proclaim and to be cognizant of God's law. And when they don't do that, nobody gets nobody gets thumped. Okay. Mm. And uh, you had you had something, Ryan, or are you just shaking your head? Okay. No, you're right. No, I mean, and and it's got to be that way. And I and the thing that that bugs me is because we have willful disobedience in certain jurisdictions of our country and and not only is it not disciplined it's celebrated yeah, it's photographed yeah, yeah. it is it is in your face it is glorified and and I admire the Catholics thank you Jesus that they reeled this cat in and came down on him like a ton of bricks not that I I want you know, people just to get ready to pounce on people, but we have to jealously guard the faith once and delivered to the saints. We cannot be trifling with the holy things of God. Okay, Amen. so 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 in saying well, that, in saying that, and you know, where where once the split occurs on there, where where are the uh, the the, the I don't want to call them bylaws, but you know that's a good question, John. Can I jump in and jump, answer that? But both because speak. basically what we have when the split happens, there's going to have to be at that point the annual conferences and the churches. If their annual conference doesn't go the way that that local church wants to go, there's going to be a slow, orderly because we're Methodists. There's a method. There's going to be an orderly dividing. Right. Without having to sell, and then what's going to happen within a year to two years? There's going to be a convening conference of not just one, but the but the other the the post separation Adam of the church, not just the the new conservative evangelical one, and both of those are going to have a convening conference to decide this is what we believe and this is what we do. We've got kind of a inkling both sides the western jurisdiction came out with theirs a week ago the conservatives have had one for the past six to eight months so we kind of see where it's going but nothing is law and gospel literally until this convening conference happens i'm just i'm just curious to see how how close it was uh, to uh, to old wesleyan times oh i can uh, you know? that's that's and, and that's a perfect segue 
That's a perfect segue. You can pay me later. That's it. That's a perfect segue. Young Methodist, Corey and Hannah. So, so since we're talking about this new thing, this post-separation new Methodist church, what what are your hopes and dreams and visions uh, for, for, for this new thing uh, uh, from your perspective? Um, one of the things that I really want to see and that I think that should be done more is having maybe not necessarily the preacher, but maybe elders, um, people who know a lot about the Wesleyan theology behind it, it being taught okay. more and focused on more because I feel like that as Methodists, that is one part of us that isn't taught enough because, I mean, I've known Methodists all my life and there's some that don't even know half of what the Wesleyan theology is. So now, do you want that in replace of the pastor, or do you want that as oh, addition, no. a, a, as added a, to, as a, as a classroom setting, more uh, like a small group, an accountability group, something to that effect that teaches us how our theology teaches came about. us our roots. Right. How did we get we here? Right. Why we are Methodists. Why do we believe what we believe? And why yes. we aren't Baptist or Catholic or whatever and Nothing else. against our Baptist right. listeners, but... What sets uh, us apart? What, what sets, sets us, us apart? apart? It's the optimism of grace. It's our desire for holy living. Mm-hmm. It's not just about saving people. It's about getting people to become like Jesus Christ before they die. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. That's the second half of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And And... and I agree, but I'm. I asked for y'all's opinion, so I'm going to shut up and let y'all continue. Yeah, I would agree with that 100% because, um, you know, I know for from my uh, perspective growing up in the Methodist Church, um, I don't know if it's because you know I was younger and I didn't understand much. I didn't know what was going on, but I know um, in the church I was at growing up, I didn't get that a lot. You know, I, I didn't get the background of where all this stuff started from, where it all came from. And I think that's a big issue for a lot of it today is because if there, ha- if that had been discussed and taught the right way, I don't think any of this stuff would be happening today. Now, yeah. I could be wrong just because of how society has changed and, you know, adjusted itself to what goes on today. But I 100% do believe that if this stuff would have been taught the right way, and the background would have been given to the people, we wouldn't be going through half of the stuff we go through today with this new thing. That's just my opinion. I've got a question for these two. You know, uh, you, you, you both are both are practicing uh, Methodist, and you're both uh, currently in a higher education setting at a college. They have I, not achieved perfection, thus they are practicing. They're practicing. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully not too often. You know, anyway. repeating grades. A little Methodist <laughs> um, joke there. But, uh, uh, you know, in, in the many years ago that I was attending the uh, higher educated uh, school, uh, I, I found it to be uh, very difficult to, to be a practicing Christian just for the outline. And I can imagine today would be even worse. Are you finding it more difficult to be a practicing Christian Methodist at your 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 college and university? Um, with me, I, I think it's because I've surrounded myself with the right people. Okay. It's not really occurring as much because the people that I have surrounded myself with, I take pride in that we are all practicing Christians. How about teachers? 
that's another story. That's where it kind of gets <laughs> a little vague. I have had many teachers where they have walked in the classroom and sat their book down very first day of class and say, I am going to be talking about, you know, evolution or I'm going to be talking about atheism or whatever it may be. If you don't like it, get out. Mm. Clearly stated in the beginning. There have been many people that I have seen walk out. And, but I mean, most of the people you take it and run. <laughs> I, I mean, if I didn't, if I did, it would have, I would have had a worse teacher than I would have had at that point. I'm just giving you a hard Yeah. Time. But I feel like with the teachers, there is a lot of, um, I wouldn't say. It's, it's more than a feeling. It's, right. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's very evident. It's verified. They will, they will flat out tell you. Um, but uh, when it comes to the students and, um people like that there are people that oppose it but they don't they don't like try to hop right in and say you're doing this wrong let me ask you a question uh, uh, you know we can mentally assent to the right theology we can understand what wesley was after and and the later theologians like uh, you know bishop asbury took it uh, the next step and then you have william uh, Burt Pope uh, in England who fleshed out a Wesleyan theology which I'm starting to get get involved in um, but it's more that it's going to take more than mental assent we can think the right things but if we don't practice right. or, or, or or discipline ourselves to do the right things it's not going to get off the ground so let me ask you a question if <clears throat> we're starting this thing from over do you think young people are going to be committed to the disciplines of social holiness, meaning small group, banded discipleships, where they're accounted to people? Are, are, do, are young people attracted to that communal living and growing together as disciples of Jesus Christ? Yes, um, I believe that they are. And I've, I know I've, I've got a lot of friends uh, who, you know, want to be a part of something like that because, you know, in college, having a strong faith is very hard because you get distracted so easily by so many things that are surrounding you. And um, it's even worse today than it was, you know, 20 to 30 years ago. And so I do believe that people my age and maybe a little older and especially a little younger, you know, they want to be able to be a part of a, a group, a small group that, you know, where they can have the same beliefs, they can talk to each other, and they can share their life, and they can have accountability. Um, I know uh, with myself, you know, in organizations, accountability is key. Mm -hmm. Accountability is something that um, needs to be shown to younger people because, you know, with society the way it is today and how things are going on in the world you're going to get distracted and you're going to, you're probably going to lean more towards the things that are happening because it looks normal to you. Right. Well, you know, th that kind of goes back to what we talked about before about having the two working parents on there. You know, what role model are they setting, these kids setting, uh, having the, the, the working parents. I, and I understand having two working parents. We're, we're two working family uh, on there. But that, that, that lack of role model, uh, that lack of uh, 
you know, their emphasis is on, on we got to work because we need a new car. We, we got to work because we need a bigger house. We got to work because we need a, a vacation every year. Well, that, believe it or not, gets instilled in you. And pretty soon, that's what you start thinking about. And when you go to college and you see all these professors that are going, hey, God's not real, God's this, and if you, wanna, you want a good living, you're going you're gonna to listen to what I have to teach. I think, I think you look at recent graduates, and I say graduates within the last decade, uh, they are typically, not all, but it depends on their field of discipline, but they are typically not doing well. They have a lot of student debt. Uh, they are behind the eight ball financially. The we you know we 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 had some slow times last year, and and our and and we had a, a economy go up, and then we had the COVID knock everything back down. Our economy's back in the dirt. Uh, I think that's going to play into the young people looking for something more than just you know getting more things. You guys have more devices and things. But it doesn't bring community. It doesn't bring true friendship. And I think no. young people crave that and want that. Can you speak to that? I think not only do they crave the accountability of it, they crave the support. Mm -hmm. A lot of kids in my age group, younger, even um, some of the you know the younger generations that I have met and I've dealt with, those kids, they are seeking so much support and they don't have it at home, or they never had it at any point. I mean, there's many, many people that I've known that have had to go through the foster care system, the adoption mm -hmm. system, and there's no support for them. A lot of kids crave the accountability and the support along with it, because without the support, those kids just don't see the point. They don't see wow. trying. They don't see dealing with it. And if anything, the hope that, that, that Christianity, that Jesus Christ brings to people, plus the support of real friends who are going to be there when you have good times or when you fail miserably the next week or whatever, it's that band of, of folks that live in community. You know, John Wesley, ancient guy, he got it right when we said there is no Christianity other than social Christianity or social holiness. We have to have each other. You know, it's, it's funny you make that comment about uh, you know today's today's uh, youth having having so many electronic devices and so many different forms of media on there. So, so I'm just going to throw out and ask you, how many Facebook friends do you have? More than actually, actually, okay, in so, reality, no. Okay, then, so so you've got thousands of Facebook friends, and and I guess my question is. Are they really friends? I mean, do they pick up the phone and say, so, hey, how are you? You know. So all of these things ought to point to a neo-Christian revival right. among your generation, provided we have the framework and the catechesis and the learning of why we do what we do. Right. Ryan, are you? Uh, did you want to interject something? No, it's what you said about the social. Uh, there is no Christianity outside of social Christianity. Uh, you know... For all intensive purposes, if Christianity was supposed to be a thing that we do by ourselves, there would have been no reason for the disciples. Amen. Jesus could have handled all this by himself. Yep. You know, yep. that showed us a model Absolutely. of how things are supposed to be. Absolutely. And but, but to, you know, it, it's almost too bad that we couldn't take uh, the best of, of like the best of the social medias and utilize it to to create that social gathering on there. And and you know right now you know 
know, Greg, I know you're a Twitter nut on there. On there, how, how many tweets have you had where it says, hey, Tuesday, meet up here. We're going to have a, 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 a praying breakfast or a praying meeting before we uh, go to work on there. Well, the problem is my my Twitter verse is very diverse geographically. Well, and and, and I understand that. Right. And I and I, you know what? There, there's nothing wrong with having your close friends, all seven thousand of them, you know, uh, say you know at eight o'clock in the morning we're all going to stop. We're going to pray. We're going to do these things. Can I interject a shameless plug? Sure. Uh, the, is there, it this, is, is this is an a, airplane thing again? There, nope. There is oh, okay. a there is a seed bed weekly prayer for renewal and an awakening at 12 o'clock central time okay and uh, i'm going to try to put this in the show notes i don't know if i can get it done but so that's one thing that 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 social media has given is the ability to pray together from a variety of areas and i'm telling you when god's people gather together things happen i i i think as christians we 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 need to utilize the tools that are out there to to uh, to push our cause on there. We're running pretty long here, guys. Do y'all have anything else that you can think of that? Uh... I'll just add one more last thing, um, pertaining to what you just talked about. It starts. Uh, he, he's pointing at John. Yeah, okay, John. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it starts with people, the young people. You know, surrounding themselves by groups, and you know, like we we talked about it at church this morning. You know, it starts with longer than just one day a week. Right. You have to be together in a community to talk with each Amen. other multiple, multiple, yes. multiple times throughout the week and yep. month in general, because yep. that's where you start to grow and that's where you start making changes. Yep. And that's where relationship. You know, if we started spending more time with my church brothers and sisters, I'd love them more. Mm-hmm. Become, I'd invest more in their they lives. They become true friends. Then, there you, know? you go. Yeah. You know, not not. I like. I like. I like. Smiley. So without all of the, all of, all of the unicorns and puppies and uh, <laughs> all of the good feelings we're having here, uh, thank you, Corey and Hannah. Thank you for being part of our our, our podcast today. This is. Uh, challenging and, and refreshing to hear that. And uh, by the way, as I get my little prompter over here. As we end this podcast, you can find this episode and other Across the Rail podcast episodes on popular platforms like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes, please take time to give us a five. That's right. It's five. Five-star rating. If you have any questions on this or any other episode, please send your comments, cheers, or jeers to John to comments at acrosstherail.com or look up Across the Rail podcast on the Twitters by our handle at across underscore rail and on Facebook, I mean Facebook, at Across the Rail podcast. Please give us a like there and leave us any feedback or questions. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Any guys. last thank thoughts you. before we go? Long podcast, but I think it's worth it. Thanks for having us. Definitely. You're welcome. You're welcome. Ryan, why don't you uh, close us out with prayer? Be happy to. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to come together and just to discuss ways to further your kingdom, Lord. uh, Ways that we can come together to be a a better uh, denomination, a better people, and just to talk it out. We may not always agree, but 
we can agree on one thing, and that's that you are the main thing, and we are thankful for you. Amen. Uh, be with us as we dismiss here today, as we go our separate ways, and be with all the folks out there listening, Lord. Bless them and help them to have a great day and a, hopefully a great week or month or however long it's going to be before we're back with the next one. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. 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 Amen.